Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich, and Mark Carmen. It's the Hampton OB Show. Before and after every Bears game, legends Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich break down the good. Our defensive backs, they were like putty. They were all over their receivers. The bad. Our defense fails to even find a way to get them stopped. The ugly. There's really nowhere to go. Stupid. Stupid is, stupid does. And the unforgivable. He doesn't understand anything. This is the dumbest football coaching staff I have ever seen. Get ready for unadulterated football truth. Football season is here and I'm with Hamp and It's Hamp and OB. Three games to go. Vikings 17. The Bears 9. A night to remember. Let me just uh, say this, if I may. Well, you're not starting off with much of the glad tidings here, uh, Mark Carmen. (laughs) I'm not. but But I would like to, on behalf of the Chicago Bears organization who has not authorized me to do this and neither has Hamp and or B and or and or Kaz. But I would just like to apologize uh, to all Bears fans everywhere for putting you through whatever that was tonight. Woo. That was an all night trip to the dentist. The most undisciplined, poorly executed, completely off the rails, bizarre Play calling performance, and uh, I mean, my, I, I don't know if this is rock bottom for Matt Nagy, but pretty, pretty I think we have. He's we, out we, of control. I mean, out we of saw control, right? Sidelines. We saw what the team was, you know, uh, doing on the field. I mean, think about this, folks. All night long, and you know, Riddick did a good job late in the game of basically, in summation, saying that. The Bears gave a great effort on defense. I mean, they, they, they got after their butts. And, you know, Akeem Hicks was the best player on the field. Him and, and Thomas Graham, the kid we'd never heard of, who's better than anybody we got in our secondary right now. I'm telling you. He needs, he should have been playing. And for Deshea Townsend, the defensive back coach, to never even proffer him or recommend him for some playing time is, that's borderline nuts. But I'll tell you this. You talk about the mistakes, you talk about the penalties, which there were nine of, including four personal fouls, one by your hero, Matt Nagy, which was out of control. But at the end of the day, we had four turnovers. We had six trips inside the 30 where we got zero. That's right. Six trips inside their 30, and we come away with zero, OB. We had two turnovers. We had a missed field goal. We had three turnovers on downs. And you count those as turnovers because, you're, I mean, it's just like giving them the ball. At the end of the day, this shows you the chronic problem we have with one staff headed by Matt Nagy. By the way, Hamp just gave you the Rosen Auto Group Rosen Red Zone Report, which uh, was incredibly which ugly. pathetic. Today. Yep, sponsored by Scott Levy's Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin and Kenosha. Lots of opportunities down there and... Uh, yeah, never got into the – well, did get in the end zone, which was an amazing Last moment. Last play of the game. And by the way, for all the gamblers out there, I don't know how they can keep the Bears from kicking the extra point. I'm just telling you, you I mean, that's that's out of control. In overtime, there is no extra point. In the regular 60-minute regulation game, you have the right to kick the extra point. Think about this. If it was – if we had 10 points – and we score on the last play of the game. We get to kick the extra point. Why didn't they let them? That's an, somebody needs to look into that. Oh, I can tell you why, Dan. The referees were fed up. 
60,000 people were fed up, and everybody wanted to get the hell out of Soldier Field. That's why. You're right. You're right. But at the end of the day, you know, you look on the on the stat sheet, and this is a game that you say the Bears won. You know, Justin Fields, he had – you can say whatever you want. but 285 yards, he was 26 of 39, threw a touchdown pass technically. But you, we saw tonight – a work in progress. And for that early play in the game when he was on the the RPO, when he kept the ball and he was going around right in and he was careless with the ball and had him had it stripped, those are the plays that essentially break the will of an offense. And here's the other thing. On the very next series, on the very next series, when you're, you're thinking maybe we're going to get something going, OB, that is when on the very first play – Tevin Jenkins, the left tackle, is called for motion. And then the second play, he throws it to Cole Komet for an eight-yard gain, and Komet drops it. Now, those are the a series of plays that set the table for that nightmare we watched for the last three hours. Well, <clears throat> there are so many things that, that I could say from the opening kickoff till, uh, till the gun went off in the fourth quarter. Uh, folks, I, I I I really be quite. I don't know where the hell to go here. I mean, I, I try to look for good or something fair or something you can really talk about. And as far as I'm concerned, there is really nothing to talk about. There isn't. And I just want to bring up here, folks, with two minutes left. This is basically who the Bears are this year. Last year, the year before, and the year before. It's around two minutes left in the third quarter. It's fourth down and one. Okay? Now, Mooney is our wideout. He's either at, at the flanker or in the slot or at absolute wideout position. Okay? Now, it's fourth and one. Fourth and one. And who's back in the backfield in an ace formation? Mooney, he weighs 170 pounds. He's a flanker. He's a wideout. Where is our great, great running back, Montgomery? He wasn't even on the field. You got to be kidding me. And then they run the play, and they put Mooney, they send him out into the flat, and you know what happened, how the play ended? Fields got sacked. That's who the Bears are. That's who they are. That's how they're coached. Stupid is, stupid does. I Again, I'll say it again. In my lifetime, I played 11 years. I have never, I've been in this town my whole life. I have never seen a coaching staff so ill-equipped to coach. They couldn't coach a team of mice. We got a general manager that couldn't manage an empty broom closet. And these are taking these 53 guys and for 17 games and lead them to victory, lead them to be a world champion. It's laughable. That's only one thing that I saw that jumped out at me, one of about 20 things tonight, in that third quarter, fourth down and one, in an ace backfield, who the hell is back there? Mooney, our wideout. And where is Montgomery on the sidelines? I ain't making this stuff up, folks. It was, I, 
I mean, I put on Twitter that I thought that might have been the worst fourth down play call ever because Mooney runs out there. How do you beat that? I mean, that. Let's talk about <laughs> massive ignorance, Mark. How the hell? Who came up with that play to put a hundred and seventy pound guy in an ace backfield and it's fourth and one? Like you're gonna trick somebody? Well, and Mooney runs out there. He's like, okay, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be here. And then he's, he's trying to get set. He's not sure if he's set. They, they almost looked like they were going to have a motion penalty. And then he starts flying out of the backfield. Fields is not exactly sure. Is he supposed to be? Is there a running back back there? Is there not he, a running he, back back? He went out into the flat. I mean, I, th- I think that Fields thought he, he was handing it Yeah, He thought there would be a back. It was an air fake. And, and, then, and then he's, okay, fend for yourself, fourth and one. And Mooney's kind of open. What are you doing? It's crazy. It's crazy. And again, Danny, just let me, again, folks, I always talk, and I've been talking about it for four years, third quarter. Guess how many points after going in at halftime again and going through the adjustments? They come out, you know how many points they put up? None. Not a point. I think if you look at the stats, they might be averaging roughly around one point per game in the third quarter. Last year, it was two points. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. You, How poorly is this team, Coach? Just look at the stats. Look at from quarter to quarter to quarter. You have to score touchdowns and put points, convert on third down to win a damn football game in this league. And I'm going to tell you something. This coach, I can't, I'm, this coaching staff is beyond ridiculous. They they should they're leading fifty three men who are playing their hearts out, and they're not putting them in a position to win a football game. Let me say it again: they're not putting them in a position to win a football game. How the hell can you be in the red zone and you don't even try to score a touchdown? Are you kidding me? Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number. Obi, I've seen you frustrated, by the way, during a football game, but tonight was maybe... T- this was, i this, tell you this, what. This, this might have been the top. This is, a, what, when I saw out there today, and that head coach trying to grab the headlines, running up and down like I'm in charge, screaming at the refs, and the only thing he got was a 15-yard penalty for blowing his big mouth off. How about when he spiked down the challenge flag? I thought that was a... He really, he really sold well, that he, one. He knows, he knows where the cameras are. Listen, I don't know when the end's coming, but it's it's coming, and it's almost like put you know, hey, put the guy out of his misery. And as they Seriously. said on the at the tail end of the broadcast, that you have to have notified your head coach he will not be you know coming back. He will be relieved of his duties before you get to the final two weeks of the season, folks. That's next Sunday night at six fifteen. That's when the end of the. 15th game will occur. Now, we're going to find out over the next six days what in the hell they're playing is. Let me just say it again real quickly. These kids out there, play, they played their hearts That's out. That's the hardest they, they played all they year. They played their hearts out tonight, folks. They played their – you could see it. They won a victory. And you have a coaching staff that can't put them in a victory formation, a victory to go for it, take care of it, move it down the field and get in the end zone. And these kids are out there fighting for four quarters every damn play? You could see it tonight. They gave everything they had. And they're led by a bunch of idiots. 
888-981-7200. Hamp and OB with you till 1230 tonight. We'll get to a ton of calls, as we always do. Mike, Mark, Mark, Mark. we got three Marks. Well, love Mark. Coming after the carm. All right. Hey, Bears lose 17-9. It's 720 WGN. I think this organization needs to be shook up a little bit. And it needs to be about results on the field. And like I said before, this this community, this town of Chicago, one of the best sports towns and best fans in the country, they deserve better. And they deserve a better product on the field. And that's why ultimately I think that decision will be made. It's Brian Greasy, Monday what Night you Football. Think Dan and I have been saying for four years. This is a guy that never should have been hired in the first place, and you know it, because the day they hired him, I called you 10 seconds later and said they made a giant mistake. Yeah, we said, this is our seventh you did. This is our seventh year doing the show. The first three years was basically about getting John Fox out of town, and I was so happy that was over. We, a mistake followed by a mistake. And, and, then, and then the day they hire Nagy, you're calling me up and screaming about that. I'm like, oh my God, I, we, just, we just got through Fox. Can we have a moment of enjoying the new coach? No, and then game one of his first year, the the first po- the first post game show, you wanted him fired, and now we're going to get him fired. All I can say is, Ob, we we had this saying back in the day: the film don't lie. Put that film on tonight and tell me he deserves to be a, a, a coach anywhere in the league, let alone the head coach of our team. First I mean, of all, his demeanor on a on a sideline. You as a head coach, you as a leader of the Chicago Bears, representing the oldest franchise in the history of this game, okay, the Hallis family, I'll tell you what, Nagy, I, oh my God, let's go to the callers, please. The Bears have lost eight of nine. Now, the last time they won at home, for the record, courtesy of our WGN producer, Alan Papa, who's texting me, was October the 3rd. The uh, White Sox won at home on October the 9th, just for the, for the record here. Let's get uh, Mark... In uh, Blue Island on 720, or I'm sorry, Thomas. Thomas in Blue Island? No, uh, Lamont. No, I think we, I think your guy dropped him, so we'll, we'll go in here. Thomas in Blue Island, welcome to WGN. Thomas. Hi. Yes, Thomas. Hi. Go ahead, buddy. Hi. Yeah, this is Buffy and Thomas. I was calling and just like, where where do you begin? Where do you begin with this team? The coaches, the, you know, pace. You know, Nagy, I mean, it's just, I mean. We're with you, Thomas. Where do you begin? It's a great question. Where where do you begin? Where do you begin with an offensive game plan that makes sense? Okay, if you run from an H backfield, a red or a green backfield, or or nobody in the backfield, you got all wideouts, you got the slot, you put people in motion. There's so many things that you could do, which they have not done for four years. For four years, it's the same thing. And why do people go back? Well, in 18, OB, they were 12-4, and four, and they went to the playoffs. They also, folks, had the easiest of the 32 teams in this league. That year, the Bears had the 32nd easiest schedule, period. And the next year, they had the 28th easiest schedule. Let's get Mike in Rockford, another loyal listener. Thank you, Mike, for being up. Everybody who's up with us tonight to talk about this game, you're all heroes for the record. This is You are the true diehards. You are beautiful people. What's up, Mike? Amen. Hello, boys. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Listen, guys, I love you all. I wish I could sit on the couch and watch a game with you every week, and we can all share our misery. But here's the bottom line, guys. I called last time. And I reported that they're there and they're still talking about it, that, that there's somehow the organization may keep pace and maybe get rid of Phillips and put pace in that 
managerial position. And, and I, I just can't, you guys, and again, when you, when you kill a dandelion, you can't just pull it off at the stem or cut it off at the lawnmower because it's growing back a week later. you gotta get, you got to get rid of the roots. And God, for, you know, God, God forbid, I'm not saying this, I don't wish anything against Virginia McCaskey, but she's an elderly woman and she's going to pass away eventually. And when she does, is it a, is it a possibility that the McCaskies are going to want their money? And is it a possibility to say, hey, well, maybe we just sell the team everybody gets their share of the pie. But please, for the love of God, McCaskies, if you're listening, do this, do the city, a, the due diligence, do a favor for the city. You owe it to them. Uh, Mr. Hallis's grave is if you if you go to the cemetery now it's probably flopping around. Uh, do do something to get rid of this this anarchy. You guys have no idea how to run a, a football organization. You have the storied franchise, the founding franchise of the NFL is now a joke. Right, we got you, Mike. You're and you're you're speaking for many who want the team to be owned by someone else. But to, yeah, he is. The, the, I mean, that's the truth. And a lot of people are saying that now. Here, here's the one thing that everybody has to understand. When Virginia, at that time, then all of the grandkids and, and the and the grand and the children, they're going to be hit with massive inheritance tax, and there's going to be all kinds of, you know, scenarios. So I mean, that's going to be mind-boggling when when that day comes. So there's I don't know what the uh, the resolution is or or possibly could be. I don't know. But I'm just saying that there's it's going to be I mean it's going to be a just a can of worms and we got to live in the now too. Look, yep. go go out and and find somebody to run your organization, take another big swing at it, and and hopefully you get it right. And here's here's what I this is what I am I'm interjecting is I think they love Ryan Pace. They think he's a fine guy. They're going to put him in George's position. George will become like the CEO. Pace will be the president. And he will be the guy leading the new stadium effort into the Arlington Heights you know, world. And he will be the guy sitting through all the, the meetings and Chamber of Commerce meetings and all that. Dan, so I think they're going to keep him. But I they got to get a football wrong. man in there. I hope you're wrong because you're, you're telling me you got, he can't even draft. He can't draft. We don't have a number You'll one draft You'll never draft, draft again. As a matter of fact, if you, I watch that on, on parking, TV tonight, the new they're making fun of Pace. But now, here's how this guy drafts. I mean, it was a joke. 10-57, wgn After reviewing the play, the defender was stripping the ball out of the runner's hands before any knee was down. The recovery was by the defense at the 12-yard line. It's going to be first and 10 from Minnesota at the 12. I knew our guy Vuk was out there, confirmed listening to the Bears debacle, 17-9. We appreciate all our sponsors. And we appreciate our callers. Let's get right to them. 312-981-7200. I did tweet out uh, from At The Carm a video of OB if you missed the start of the show, which uh, if you know OB or listen to the show, this video will ring true. So how many uh, how many views? We're we're kick, we're we're getting up about two thousand there. Ob people are calling you a national a national treasure, my friend. So amen, amen. There we go. Let's uh let's move along here. Bob, you're leaving the game. What was it like out at Soldier Field tonight, my friend? Yeah, I am. Anyways, to all of you, Dan, Ed, Carm, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Get started on the, right back before I get you. started on the idiot. Anyways, Danny, you know me from the creek. I'm Jay's friend from, from the garden. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we know. 
So, anyways, I got nosebleed seats at Soldier Field. This freaking dope, he's running these stupid scrunch plays, okay, that trying to run Montgomery up the gut, and every time he did it, it's a two-yard loss. So what do we do after that? We get Justin Fields throwing a five-yard pass. You know, Trubisky could do that. Yeah, so what? You know, and it was three and out, three and out, penalty, penalty, penalty. I think they got 100 yards. God forbid this idiot would take the ball, throw it up the gut. When they did a couple of times, they had success or run run a slant up the gut because the middle of the field was open all day. It was right there for you. But, you know, we can't do that because that would create something called a touchdown or success. <laughs> Why this dope isn't fired by the end of the game is beyond me. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Boys, I had to call in and say Merry Christmas again. Take care. Drive safe, Bob. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Merry Bob. Christmas. Good, good call, Bob. Absolutely. And you know what? There was a commercial running off and on through the uh, through the game. I think Matt Damon was doing it, and he said, "Fortune favors the brave." We got a coward as a head coach. Let's bring. We won't throw it in the end zone. Let's bring Kaz into the show. Kaz, we're taking calls. Welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hey, 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 guys, take it easy. Don't be so hard on him, Dan. That's a really harsh word to call him, a gutless coward that has no football IQ and he sucks. Don't say that about him ever again, okay? I stand corrected, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, this, it's, well, there's really not much more to say. It's uh, it's time for him to go, and, you know, I got to be honest, the defense played their guts out, they're off, the, the offense did not tonight, and it showed up, and third quarter, Ed, you brought it up, fourth down and one. I don't think Montgomery came out because his helmet got screwed up. Right. And that's when a smart head coach calls a timeout because it's one of the most important plays in the game at that point. If they score on that possession, you got an overtime. Or wouldn't you think you'd have another helmet right there? Right. But more importantly, they got the play in late. Montgomery ran off. I'm not even sure that they had 11 players on the field between you and I because I didn't see a running back out there. So – I'm not sure what they did or why they did it, but it was a simple thing. You call timeout, and you regroup because it's a big point in the game. You're down 17-3, to and you have a chance to convert and maybe score a touchdown. It's a one-game, one-possession game. But Glenn, that tells, you, that tells you who they are. Yeah. That, that series in, yeah. that, in, 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 the, in the quarter, in the third quarter, that tells you who they are. Yeah, it's 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 embarrassing. But here's the other thing: we got it. We also got to take a step back and say, okay, Cole Komet. I love the kid. I think he's tough. He can't catch the ball. He doesn't naturally catch the ball real well, and he's almost becoming a liability out there because he's dropping or fumbling passes all day long. Something yep. something's happened to that kid, Glenn. Now, yeah, Dan and I, I have talked. I mean, is, but he's. He's not the same player. No, he's not. He doesn't run Chris Brout, and he's dropping the ball nonstop. And, uh, you know, Justin Fields, a long way to go. And um, he's he's uh, not even close to – he's actually gotten worse as he continues to play for uh, this offensive genius that we have. So Got Go ahead. They, you know, go you got to sit them all down and just get the new coach in and start over. Guys, let's take some calls with you, brother. Yep. Jeffrey in Des Moines, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Yeah, I watched Pace select Trubisky over Watson and Holmes and then give away what will probably be a top-five draft pick in next year's draft Yep. to take Justin Fields over Mac Jones. 
And, you know, I'm starting, I'm shell-shocked watching Mahomes because I always say he should be a bear. I'm starting to get shell-shocked watching Mac Jones. I'll tell you why. I watch Fields all year. He does run well. But when I ask myself what he does besides running that as well, I'm not sure what it is. He stares down receivers. He's very, very deliberate in his delivery. He can gun the ball inside the 20, but, you know, inside the 20 you need a deft. You need to flick the ball. You need to, uh, you know, I'm not seeing it. And, and he, he will inexplicably take sacks. I have heard potential. I've heard it. And to be honest with you, as somebody who's followed the Bears who hasn't seen a quarterback since McMahon, I'm kind of done with potential. I really want to see it on the field. He has 16 turnovers. Jeffrey. That's two less than the league leader. Hey, Jeffrey. Turnovers. Jeffrey. He's Jeffrey. played about five less games. Look, I'm done with potential. For now, okay. I think I'd rather watch Mac Jones. Okay, well, okay, we got to watch Point the well on that. taken. Well, the, the New England Patriots, though, they, you know, defenses have caught up to him in New England. And you saw it, uh, uh, you know, in their last game where Indianapolis took him apart. So don't crown this rookie like he's going to be the greatest player of all time because they're starting to figure out how to defend him as well. But – it goes with coaching, too. And our quarterback has gotten no coaching, and it shows up. And yep. defensive backs. He's regressing. Yeah, he's getting worse. And let's talk about, remember we talked about bracketing the star receiver Jefferson from the uh, the Vikings? Um, our defensive back coach, when a guy has outside leverage, right, and you have help with the safety on the inside, the only thing you're protecting against is a corner route. How do you let him beat you to the corner when you should be shading outside? I got That's coaching, right? Coaching. Yep. And but you know what, Cons? And I'm telling you this: those kids in the secondary, oh, they played their butts off. They, they and I'm telling you, they. they I mean, uh, at some point, you you have to say, okay, we've struggled at the nickel, we struggled at corner all year. Where has Thomas Graham been? Why hasn't he been given a shot? Because he played better than any corner we've had at any time this year. Go back and look at the film. I'm yep. telling you. And not to have this kid promoted to the to the active roster until tonight when it, you had no choice. That's another sign of why Pace and Nagy need to be, you know, run out of town. And all and all 25 coaches with them. I mean, really, you you got to start over. And you literally, I hate to use the phrase, but it's the right phrase. You got to flush the toilet. And start over. That's all. For the record, Thomas Graham had three passes defended tonight, credited for. That's he's already tied for fourth on the Bears for the entire season. Just for the record, I mean, think about that's that. That's what. Well, well, more than that, he, he was, played physical he was on practice squad. Yeah. And, and what was the name of the kid that uh, you know he got called for chopping that offensive tackle down? But he made the tackle, and they, it was a real bad call. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Tolner, yeah. Tolner. T, uh, hold on a second here. Yeah, well, but you know what, Dan? That's T's Tabor. Tabor. I mean, it, Tabor. He played his butt off. Yep. Yeah. They, but they came up and hit the – you know what they did more than anything that secondary? When the guys, when the receivers caught the ball, they punished them. Yes. And we haven't had any DBs that have, were willing to do that. And these guys came up and were punishing the running backs. the best we've seen all year. They can cook down all Next night, man too. up. Our corners were coming up and popping him. It was fun to watch them play that way. Kazi, stay right there. Uh, Mark, Jim, Jeff, you're coming up next. Quick timeout, two minutes back at you. Uh, Hampton will be. Hang in there, guys. On 720 WGN. Seal to keep it himself. 
avoids a hit and coughs up the football. And it's recovered by Minnesota. Anthony Barr jumped on the football. Cameron Dantzler able to knock it free from fields. Well, the 50-50 group knew how well the Jewish guy got the oi in there. I thought I don't know if you guys were impressed. I liked but, it. But I thought it was, you know. Brings tears to my eyes. And because you missed out, they had great uh, pigskins, which oh. is a food group, major food group in Arkansas. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> and in my household, too. So, yeah. We, we went to town tonight. Go to the caller. Okay, OB. Mark and Broadview, you've been holding since the show started. We appreciate you, brother. What do you got? This is for OB. Um, three points and four quarters. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and, and the closest we are to a bowl is Cheech and Chong. <laughs> God no. bless you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Hey, Mark. We wouldn't you, even you know, make the NCAA bowl game. Mark, you know how close we are? We just qualified to play in the toilet bowl in Flushing, New York. <laughs> yes, we, we've been disqualified. Because we had the ball inside the 30-yard line, four times inside the 20 in the red zone, six times, six times tonight. If we would have kicked a field goal on the first down, Every one of those six trips, we win the game walking away. (laughs) Think about how stupid it is. We get zero points out of six trips inside their 30. You can't make it up. And and that makes that as almost as bad as the Chargers uh, coach, right? Oh, yeah. He was inside there and gave away nine points in a game that they lost by a point. Okay. Let me just say this real quick before we get to the next caller. Folks, you, you know what? This is almost like Nagy is trying to impress his peers, the other coaches, by thinking outside of the box. When we go up to Green Bay, we've got a great running game that is going to be the reason why we control the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. We start the game with an empty backfield. The second play, we go with the the Wildcat. Both of those plays blow up in our face. I mean, I'm just telling you, everything, it, it seems to me, like they're thinking about style over substance. He and that's why we... Got- he thinks he's going to outslick everybody. Exactly. And he's the he's genius. That right. makes me Yeah, it's just crazy. Crazy. Jim and Aurora, welcome to WGN. What's up, Jim? Cause this is Jimmy and Aurora. We miss you being the rock star that you are. Anyhow, assuming, assuming major changes are made this winter and Justin Fields must be the only uh, future of this team in order to get those draft picks back would it make sense to immediately start dealing david montgomery Kabil uh mac hicks uh, no 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 jim no. let me just jump in there quickly i'll tell you what david montgomery that guy is a keeper he should retire as a bear and I, I, I'm telling you, I'm so impressed with that kid. Catches the ball out of the backfield. He takes on the blockers, and he runs like a bull. I mean, I, that that kid, he's a he's a five star for sure. I'm just not, you're not going to get a lot from Jim. Jim, here's the deal. Assuming the only future is Fields, how are we going to catch up with the rest of the league when these veterans then are at? Are gone. Legit, a, a general manager that knows what the hell he's doing, and also a coach and twenty-five assistants could figure out how to go vertical and how to work a field for four quarters. That's how we do it. And think about this, Jim. Von Miller is going to be in the Hall of Fame. 
You know what the Rams had to give up to get him? A fourth-round pick. You ain't going to get nothing for anybody anymore. I'm just telling you. Mac may never play again. OB told me back in September, he goes, Hamp, I've seen those injuries. As a defensive yep. lineman, you got to use your arch to push and ram into people. He says you can't do it. Ball, Once you, foot, break, it it's, you can't it's, break that. You break that bone, it, it's over. More often than not, Thank it you, is Jimmy. a career-ending injury. Hey, guys, though, I think, Ed, and you're right, Ed, and you and I talked about it, too. I agree 100% with you. It, that is the worst thing you could get in his position. Yes. But I, I think what Jim is trying to say, and I, I understand what he's saying, you've got to find some value somewhere because you've you've already robbed the franchise of the first-round draft choices. Maybe you ought to hire Kevin Costner and he could replay that movie, right? <laughs> draft day where he swung the one draft pick into three or something. But, yeah, the truth is we're in trouble. We are. And so you got to start thinking as you start building this team again. You got to win with ones, and that's how you do it. We don't have ones right now. No, we have we have squandered. I don't know. We don't Roquan Smith is a very good player. He's the only first round draft pick in the last decade that has been worth anything. You got to build your draft your team through the draft because after 4 years you can't pay everybody superstar money. You got to keep churning the roster with the second and fourth round picks that start and produce. There, right, there's nobody on this roster, no one, with maybe the exception of Justin Fields that you could well, you could trade Fields and get a first round draft. But that's about it. That is it. And so you're. That's. I just don't think it's a realistic. Well, Rokon Smith, maybe, but I think Dan's right. I mean, you've seen the value of a guy that's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, Von Miller. I mean, right. they got a fourth. Denver got a fourth for him. It's Jeff, crazy. Let's keep on going here with uh, Jeff and Logan Square. Welcome to WGN, Jeff. Go ahead. How you doing? AOB. I was eight years old in '63 when you guys won. Ah. And Hamp, you're my favorite player in the '85 era. And my dog, my chocolate lab, was named Hapton. Oh. But <laughs> Thank I just you, sir. To tell you, I got mad at OB when he said no good was out of this game. and But then he said the same thing I saw. The front seven played their hearts out. And I felt bad. And this guy, Graham, Vildor's the, the, the been on the defensive backfield all year getting burned. And you could see this guy, Graham, has talent. Where was he? He's Why a sixth-round pick uh, two years ago, and they've kept him on the practice squad. They I mean, him. it's criminal. <laughs> they hit him because they didn't realize that he actually had talent because they don't actually practice during their summer camp, and then, you know, they don't prepare these young guys to go out on the field, and so they, they don't evaluate him correctly. And let me tell you something. Deion Bush got a horrible call tonight, you know, going to the head. That was a great play. His, his forearm, he led with his forearm and knocked the ball out of the receiver's hands. And, you know, it's incidental contact. You know, it, it's just crazy, some of these calls. But but the good news is nobody wanted to go over the middle anymore. Yep. So even though that was a 15-yard penalty, the Vikings only scored 17 points, and that should always be enough in the National Football League to win the game. When your defense holds a team to 17 points, you should win. Kirk Cousins threw for a total of 87 yards. They played their cans off. Cause you sticking around for another half hour? 
Sure, why not? Okay, sure, why not? Why we not? love you, Cos. We love you, Cos. We're going to 1230. <laughs> it's 1130. We're going to check in news. Leroy, Ron, Matt, Dave, you, 312-981-7200. Hang the there, pl- guys. Hang we'll there. Keep you rolling here. Bears lose 17-9, to but we're having a party. The Bears are 4-10 on 720 WGN. Third and two. Cousins throwing, and it's caught. Wide open. Touchdown. Amir Smith-Marset for the score. Hamp and OB and Kaz on 720 WGN and Carm. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, that right there was the Muller game-changing moment sponsored by the Muller family of dealerships in Hoffman States, Gurney, Highland Park, and Merrillville. So many to choose from tonight, and we're going to eventually get into the Dion Bush ridiculous call by Scott Novak, who met with... Uh, Patrick Finley was the pool reporter tonight, and you're asking questions about, hey, man, can a safety hit a defenseless receiver? But uh, apparently not in the NFL nowadays. So they, it's just uh, the Bears did not get any. It's all, uh, and, they and, got and, no and, breaks from the officials tonight. No, and, and it's all the officials' interpretation. And we'll get into that later. Let's get to the calls. 312-981-7200. Leroy, Plymouth, Indiana. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead, man. Hey, good evening, fellas. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm my favorite player on the Bears right now is Horstead. He's, I've really liked him the whole season. The guy overplays. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. Yet half the time he's not on the active roster. I don't get it. You get guys like Komet who see the ball coming at him, but I don't know about it. But he ain't catching it. Mm-mm. He ain't catching it. Uh, and I don't know why that uh, Horstead doesn't get more action, doesn't get more play. He's a gamer. I want to see him in there. And uh, nine nine, I'm telling you, if they would have kicked field goals on each one of those fourth and ones, that crowd would have stormed the field on Nagy, thinking y'all get because they don't think in the head. They ain't thinking two steps ahead because they want him to go for it because we want to get touchdowns. Hey Leroy, so we'd have kicked field goals along the way. Leroy, yeah, yeah. Leroy, slow down. Let me just ask you a question. Do you go around Plymouth, Indiana, telling people you want to see Jesper Horstead on the field more often? Because if you do. I'm, uh, you're my hero. That that is a take that no one else has ever had. But I appreciate you for it. Hey, he, he, made a, listen, he makes some plays. He does make plays. He is right. Hey, and Jesse James makes plays. And I got to tell you, Jimmy right. Graham drops the damn ball. You know, uh, at the end zone. And you know, how many times we heard cause come back to the ball when you yep. stop and you post up, come back to the ball and then make a play on it, and you know we get nothing. Jesper Horstead's family has never called up the show and asked for Jesper Horstead to play more, but Leroy is out there for Jesper Horstead, and I like it. It's Leroy Horstead. That's, <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Let's get to the next call. <laughs> Jesper Horstead. Come on, baby. Leroy, you're the man. Ron, Holland, Michigan, what's up? Ron. Yes, sir. Um, the, the reason I called is uh, when I was watching the Saints and the Bucks play, the announcer said that Byron Leftwich hadn't even got an interview for a head coaching job um, after winning the Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. Doesn't he sound like a proven commodity? Isn't he a guy we would we would like to have here in Chicago? Okay, interesting and, call, Ron. And you know what? He his his resume is now complete with a Super Bowl win with his time with Tom Brady. They've got the number one in offense in football 
Although you wouldn't have known it watching last night. All I can well, tell you is... what about Eric Biemini, huh? Well, no, no, you know, Biemini... Kansas City. They could, from Kansas City, though. That's a Matt Nagy almost. Yeah, we don't need any, you know, any further uh, whiffs of the Kansas City uh, plan. Here, here's the thing, Cos. I, I, from what I understand with my folks, they, they, hey, listen, uh, he, the kid, uh, Byron Leftwich, he was drafted number one by the Jags. He's going there. He's going to go there as the head coach. Obviously, they're, you know, they're without a head coach. It makes perfect sense in about five different ways. And so he's probably, but you're right. For him not to get a call for a, you know, an interview last year was crazy. But more importantly, you have to remember, a lot of teams don't want to wait until February to hire their head coach and get the staffs because then you, you, the 25 coaches that Nagy's got, well, guess what? You're going to be picking over the, the staffs of everyone else that's already taken the better coaches. And just like players, there's great coaches and there's no medium coaches. And so the sooner you can hire a coach – the better. And I'll bet you $5 as soon as the game 15 is over, Byron Leftwich will probably be announced as in the next head coach in Jacksonville. When you're looking yeah, for I, head, I would agree. When you're looking for head coach, do you look for the guy that that fits best with this current roster, i.e. Justin Fields, or do you look for this is the best dude out there, period, and not somebody who could just tailor an offense for Fields? Cause what do you, you look for? Go ahead, Dan. No, no. Go ahead, Cause I, you know, I, I defer. I, I, I personally... It, it, the head coach, more than anything else in my mind, has to have a great grasp of the the game today. Both sides of the ball. He doesn't have to be an offensive genius like Nagy, where he's going to be worth. It's about the team, and that's what Belichick. He's he's kind of like the mastermind behind the scenes with the defense, but his son is the defensive coordinator. You know, he's not trying to get any credit or glory. He wants one thing, and that is to win. Matt yep. Champagne. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, guys. Go ahead, Matt. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. First and foremost, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Right back Thank you, sir. Now, uh, I wasn't originally going to call, but, Hamp, when you, you talk about hitting the proverbial nail on the head, when you talk about no guts, no glory, every once in a while these TV announcers say something worth a damn. And just like week one about Fields, when Collinsworth said he holds the ball too long, tonight right when, they, when Bush got that interception right before the end of the first half, and they couldn't even get a field goal out of it. They said the Bears the only team in the league to not have a touchdown drive of less than 50 yards. Yep. They're so conservative and scared and unimaginative that they can't score from the 45 they, all year long. That That's just that – there is no more damning credential that all, they all need to go to me than that. Right. I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks, good, Matt. Good, good underline, Matt. Yep. You I know. mean, in, in in the trees, you know, you you know, you can kind of pick out little stats that tell you a lot, Ob, and that's what you've been saying all year. There's they're they're cowards. They don't want to throw the ball in the end zone. So tonight we threw it once. Mooney almost got it, but they, he was ruled out of bounds on at, at the south end zone. Earlier, Mooney had they had him on a pylon shot. Mooney wasn't running hard enough, and Justin yeah, you know, threw the ball. Yeah, it was a corner route. Right. He, and was, he was dogging it. He, he was, was dogging it. He was. Right. But you know what? Without Allen Robinson and without uh, Goodwin, then, you know, guess what? He's running every every play, so uh, evidently, you know, he's wore out. 
Why, why did that happen? Because they, they don't actually work them out hard during the week, so you're prepared for a season like hey, this. Hey, Glenn, Dan, Mark, and our listeners, let me tell you something. You know where the problem is on this football team this year, last year, the year before, the year before that, year before that? Offensive line. Yep. As Doug Buffon would say, we got five guys that can't play dead. And the key is to have five guys that can block, and if you have a quality quarterback, you've got to keep him upright. You've got to make that quarterback so he can get the accurate throws. If he moves out of the pocket, you, there are certain strategic blocks that have to happen. We've got five guys that can't block. Look at, folks, Green Bay. For the second game in a row, they play with one rookie and on their offensive line, one rookie and four backups. In other words, the starters aren't playing. They're injured. They're out. And they've been playing the last two games with four backups. We've got guys that uh, bases dra- uh, drafting, what, whatever our offensive th- uh, theory is and how we're going to move the ball, it hasn't been working. And that one of the big reasons is, and I'll, and I and this is another damn thing I've been saying. We got the five guys. I'm sure they're nice guys. They're wonderful guys. Okay, we are not going to win with them. Why? They can't block. And, they and can't. You win. Glenn, Ed, you win Super Bowls by having a great offensive line and a great defensive line. Remember what, That's what, how you win Super Bowls? Yeah. Remember what Dallas when they were in their heyday? In their heyday, yeah. they had five. Their five offensive linemen, every one of them were number one draft choices. Okay? Folks, well, you got a Tom Brady, you got an Aaron Rodgers. Look at those offensive lines. You think those head coaches don't know? Because they got quarterbacks that can win, they have the mentality, they have the accuracy, and, 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 and the, uh, the, the, uh, the way to move a team down a field to play quarter after quarter, and they know to keep him upright. Just look at their offensive lines. Look at, as a matter of fact, look at New Indianapolis. England look at their year. offensive line. Yeah, New England. And then year. take I mean, a look at our great. offensive line. Cause, what do you think of Tevin Jenkins is uh, trying to protect Justin Fields tonight after the play? Hey, I was at least proud of him, but I wish he would have punched the guy that actually hit him out of bounds. That's all. But you know, at some point, you gotta look it, when. When your head coach gets that personal foul penalty by acting like a, a you know a, a lunatic, um, it kind of set the stage for everybody else kind of losing their cool. So the kid was trying to protect his quarterback. I have no issue with that. Just like again, you know that penalty that was called on Bush, it pretty much set the standard for the rest of the night. Don't go down the middle because he's going to whack you, and that that changes the the way everybody plays. Yeah, but if you if you're, uh, but let, let me say like this said, about the offensive make line: it a, make it a legit penalty. Look, Give the guy a shot for crying out loud. Look, hey, but I, I, I want to say I beg to differ on the offensive line tonight, Ob. And I'm just saying, you know that Viking team led the NFL in sacks. So I mean, they got some pretty good players over there. All that being said, Justin Fields made some really boneheaded moves in the pocket and and gave up a couple of three big sacks. That he didn't really need to. That he's got better athletic 
ability to, to evade some of that. Don't didn't you see that? And but I got to tell you, the screen, what yeah, the screen passed, and you just throw it at the feet of the guy. You don't take a sack. Exactly. So the, uh, Justin Fields did very little to help us off. But I got to tell you, sometimes. David Montgomery, I mean, ripping off those seven, eight, twelve-yard runs after play after play, he's getting some some blocking. And I agree with you. This, I think, this is the best offensive line play we had all year. But it wasn't enough for us to win. Ob, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred seventeen and nine. Vikings beat the Bears. Bears are four and ten. Officially eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, we're with you to twelve thirty on seven twenty WGN. That's Mooney in the backfield. Fields rolls his direction to the right on fourth and one, trying to keep the play alive, and now he's dead. That looked awful from the snap. Sure did. Let's do our Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. We're looking at who brought it today. Sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the card to bring through it all. Anybody you guys want to Welcome underline? back, Akeem Hicks. How about that, Kaz? Yeah, he brought it tonight. He, Boy, he was by far the best player on the field. He uh, he actually, Dan What about had, Graham? Well, he was right behind him. What he about was right Graham? Behind him, but Hicks For a kid was not playing, being player. here two years and not playing and stepping up and making huge plays, that's pretty damn good, too. Yeah, I would, I would say the entire defense. I mean, that secondary tonight. But really, what, what benefited the secondary? Great pass rush by four guys just bringing it. Yeah, and Ogletree and, and Roquan. There's the best defense we've seen it. all year. Well, hold it. The, the fact of the matter is all those kids gave it everything they had tonight. Yep. That's what I and saw, and that's what I felt. Let's go to the callers. Let's get uh, Dave in South Florida. You've been waiting the longest. Welcome to WGN. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? I just want to wish you guys a, her- a Merry Christmas. And uh, the only thing I want for Christmas is two pink slips for Pace and Nagy. So um, my uh, my point is this, and this question goes to Hamp. Um, is Eddie Goldman playing well in your eyes? Because I don't see him making a lot of plays in the middle, stopping the run, getting any pressure up the middle. I don't see the same Eddie Goldman that we saw two years ago. Is uh, From your standpoint, it, it, how is he playing? And he's not being able to disengage. And, you know, he's never been a pass rusher. Right. And we're paying him a fortune. And I got to tell you, at some point, you got to, you know, you're going to have to cut losses with him because, you know, he set out last year. And then this year, he's missed half the season. And he's still not an impact player. You're exactly right. Good call, Dave. Hey, Kazi, we're, we're getting ready to get into the top of the hour here. Any yeah, final, I, any no, final thoughts? Well, listen, we get to do it again next week. It gets a lot tougher going to Seattle trying to face that bunch, even though the record isn't that good. They're playing better football. So. Seattle, the Giants, and one more trip with Minnesota. And, Stay safe, Glenn. And then a very you got it, guys. Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. You. Hey, and all you callers, hang tight. We're going to get to you right off the top of the hour. Kazi, appreciate you. Yeah, We actually have time for one more. Let's uh, let's go real quicker. John in Libertyville, welcome to GN. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, first of all. Um, I just want to make a comment, and then I have a question. Um, I think the Bears are shooting themselves in their foot with their inconsistency, and I think that's due to the lack of discipline, and that comes from the head coach. My question to Hamp and OB is, 
are any coaches out there where if I yeah fear coaches out there I listen I, I do think the Bears could use some accountability but but you also have to have a coach that can hey, hey John have some level of relating to the players let, let's just go to a, a, a different a kind of a level if the Bears looking for a new general manager or, or a new head coach okay you you really got to do your research okay the management ownership of the Bears, whoever the hell they're going to do to find a, 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 a new head coach and a general manager. And you've got to find somebody that has already shown that they have earned the respect. If they're a coach in Baltimore or a general manager in Miami, it no matter where it is, you've got to find one word that I would say are these people respected where they're at? And if they are, that's the key to me. Go out and get them. Go out and get them. There's the a word lot. respect. That's what they've got to have. Huge, to overstate the obvious, it's a huge, huge, huge offseason for the Chicago Bears. And George McCaskey and everybody else over there, big-time decisions. Yep. Don't mess it up. Get Jeff Ireland, uh, general manager, and uh, Greg Roman as a head coach, and I think we're off to the races. Three one two nine. Now you're talking about two guys I know that they do have respect, Dan. Three one two. And I think that's a key word here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Half hour to go on seven twenty WGN. It's seven twenty WGN. So, Akeem Hicks, Bears lose 17-9, they're 4-10, they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs, we're here for another 22 minutes, thank you for staying up with us, we appreciate it, phone number's 312-981-7200, for the first time tonight, there is room for you if you'd like to get in, uh, before we get to a pool reporter interview about the Dion Bush ridiculous uh, penalty that was called, Akeem Hicks is talking about that this is basically going to be the end for him in Chicago. He's expected to not be a bear. He's absolutely loved you wearing the uniform. And I haven't heard this, but apparently somehow he brought up Dan Hampton tonight uh, in his post-game interview. I wonder. Um, I'll say this. Whenever I talk to the guys that came before me, um, just for them to say that they appreciate my game is enough for me because that's what you're looking to impress. They played it. They lived it, you know. Um, Talking to those guys, Tommy Harris, Dan Hampton, you know, it's exciting for them to even watch me play, you know, so I'm happy. Kind of appreciate that, right? A little knowing his history, guys who played the position before him. And he's exactly correct. You know, I've been a huge Akeem Hicks fan since he was, you know, brought here. And I, I tell you what, we saw what his impact meant to the defense and you know when he's gone he's been out what five weeks and i mean you it, it's a huge difference ob and yeah. you have been mm-hmm. saying the impact that this young man ha- it brings to the actual game changes the whole, entire pass everything. rush oh it does and you know what god bless him and i tell you what tonight was as fine as he's ever played and he was a huge impact player think about this ob from the five minute mark in the third quarter the Vikings got all of one first down the rest of the game. That's mm-hmm. 20 minutes of football. They got one first down, and it was kind of a just a, a you know nothing first down, and they and they still for, uh, forced the uh, Vikings to punt. And a lot of that 
It was because of the front four, but it, the front four was led by Akeem Hicks. Well, yeah, absolutely, Dan. And he, again, these kids, which I said an hour and a half or two hour, whatever the hell it was, I tell you what, they played their hearts out, folks. They did. I mean, I'm, I, I, I can feel it. I could see it. I could feel it. And they gave everything they had. And with Akeem Hicks, and the key to Akeem Hicks, when he's healthy, he could take one, two, and even three guys back, just like Dan Hampton did for 12 years. And the key to that is you cave up the middle of the offensive line. And, and why is that when you take him back? That's so the quarterback cannot step up and throw the ball if there's pressure from the outside or escape underneath the two tackles. So the key is to cave that middle in. And a lot, a lot of teams can do it, but we can do it, especially when Akeem is there. I mean, and, and talked about Cleo Mack, Cleo Mack. It was not Cleo Mack. The man was Akeem Hicks, folks. Believe me, I know damn well what the hell I'm talking about. I, I like him underlining Tommy Smith, too. When Tommy was going right, he was a hell of a player. Uh, all right, Steve Orland Park, welcome to WGN. What's up, Steve? Hey, hi guys. How are you doing today? Good, Steve. Not too good, obviously, with the results of this game. But um, first off, just wanted to adjust, uh, address the uh, Justin Fields issue. But I wanted to give credit, first off, for the positive to Thomas Graham for his play. Um, seven tackles, two solos, and three pass defenses. And that one tackle in the first quarter, I believe it was against Am. This is a form tackle. Forced, it was like a two-yard gain, forced a third down. It was very good play by him. But in regards to Justin Fields, I thought he was almost an embodiment of Matt Nagy today. Just I'm sick of this idiot. But um, um, on fourth down and one, um, in the was that in fourth quarter where it was fourth and one, they were going for it, and the play call came in late. It was ten seconds left on the play clock, and they broke the huddle aimlessly, like. They didn't even. I mean, they didn't know what was going on. The play call came in, or did or did it? I don't even know. But they broke the huddle. Ten seconds left. Mooney lines up incorrectly in the backfield. Yep. They just snapped the ball aimlessly. He rolls out, and there, there, there's three pass routes on the play, I believe, and they're just all standing still. And it was just, just. I mean, his his play was aimless, and Matt Nagley's play calling Nagley. Yeah, that's the name for him. But yeah, he's just an idiot. His play calling is aimless, and it's just an embodiment of what Justin Fields has become. Because we're talking about how he's regressing. Yep. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. We got to get smarter. Yeah. Well, actually, here. that Steve, that was about two minutes left to go in the third quarter when that took place. Yeah, and we and we covered it earlier. But look, it was just at, it, the embodiment uh, of the Nagy era, as you said, aimlessly, uh, you know, failing to execute. A bad play. He's and got the right what, words. Yep. Steve's got the right words. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it was another word for it was just bizarre. The whole the whole sequence was just amazing. What was going on? Uh, Greg and Evanston, welcome in, brother. Go ahead. Hey, I I really love the show. I never call the radio, uh, but you guys really taught me a lot about this whole game. And I'm and 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 the insight that you have is fantastic. And I love the stories about it. It's Awesome. I want to hear you guys talking to the game. I'm sick of watching the games. And what is that with that 
that aerates siren. They do every time that offense is on. <laughs> Greg, you're breaking up, but yeah, we uh, the the air raid is always seems to be a. It's called the bear raid, and it's a siren on third down. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> bear raid. <laughs> and anyway. Uh, we, we, we need something. We appreciate your listenership. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate your first call. But most importantly, I think we're seeing the end of the Nagy era and the Nagy-esque way this team fails to be able to compete. 32-30 and 30 now for Matt Nagy. He's got three games to go. Will he finish his Bears tenure over or under 500? Umpire Don. Go ahead, my friend. Welcome to WGN Umpire Don. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good, Hello, buddy. Fellas. Merry Christmas. Merry and Christmas. Really, enjoy, really enjoying the show tonight. You guys are really solid and fun to listen to. Um, as far as the offense, I think Tommy Reese at Notre Dame would be a great offensive coordinator. I had him when he was at Lake Forest High School. And when he played quarterback there, he was, he was better than some of the Bears that we've had. He, he's a great play caller. I know it might be too late to get him now. I'd like to see Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern help maybe come in and do whatever he wants to do, head coach, coach of defense, do something. But he's he's a great guy. And we've had all kinds of Bears who have always, like Ron Rivera and Robin Earl and Jim Morrissey and Kaz and uh, Olin Krutz, all these guys are sharp guys. They're, there's there's got to be a way that they can get involved with the team more. And it's time to get rid of Ted Phillips. Please get rid of Ted Phillips. Thanks, umpire. Appreciate you, brother. A lot of good names. You know, and back to uh, the coaching hiring process where it is going to commence this coming Sunday at 6-15. When the game is over, then it's open season. The Bears are eligible to start the the process of bringing in their potential uh, hires and you know again everybody's going to have a list we don't know who has the list at Hallis Hall we don't know who will be making the decision on the names that will be brought in and something needs to happen in the next five days you got Tuesday through Saturday essentially to get prepared for this and the other part of the equation is Nagy has to be relieved of his duties at at that point to be eligible so a lot of things are going to got a lot of dominoes falling this week let's do our final break we'll come back in here with a little recap of everything that just happened tonight we'll also have our bbb trusted review appreciate you sticking with us tonight bears lose three games to go in the 2021 season and a very interesting offseason ahead at 720 wgn we're gonna win we gotta stretch the field let's attack now back to ham and ob win or lose it's always fun to be with you on 720 wgn ham and ob for another 10 minutes here so here let's go through this Dion bush comes across and makes as good of a play as a safety can make right yep so textbook in all in all facets you know, he makes a play on the ball. He's 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 there, bam bam. He's not you know, uh, way out of line with this uh, his force, and he gets called for hitting a defenseless player. And in my mind, it, it, the way he played that that whole sequence was textbook. Right. 
pass across the middle receiver has it in his hands here comes bush knocks it out of his hands and then makes a little bit of contact uh, with his helmet and so here after the game you have patrick finley from the chicago sun times who is talking to referee scott novak his question is on the defenseless receiver call on Chicago's Deion Bush in the first quarter. What role, if any, does it play if he's going for the football? Does that change the call at all? It appears as though he reached and tried to make a play on the ball before making contact with the receiver. Here's the referee quote: "With the defenseless receiver, the defender is always responsible for avoiding any illegal contact or illegal act, and when he makes contact with the head, even if he's going for the ball, it's still a foul." Even if he's attempting to dislodge the ball or intercept, he still cannot make illegal contact forcibly to the offensive player since he's, quote, defenseless. So, And then he follows up with one question. So he can make a play on the ball and still be determined to trying to hit a defenseless receiver? Yes. He's just got to do everything he can to avoid forcible illegal contact to the receiver since the receiver is in the act of trying to catch the ball and is defenseless. So the onus is on the defender, which is just a bad rule. It'd be one thing, you can't hit his head before you hit the ball, if you want to make that the rule, but if you hit the ball first, which is what Bush did, and then your your momentum takes you into the head. The you can't NFL, avoid it. Unavoidable contact. And, and this is, it, it's a fake way for the NFL to try to say that they're trying to like protect their players. It's all, it's all BS. If, in my mind, it is. And you know what? Uh, at some point, you know, there has to be a little bit of pushback. And the rules committee needs to look at this rule. I'll tell you a rule they need to change. If you watched the Tampa Bay game last night, Mark Carmen, you saw the Saint defend, defensive backs basically going for the knees of the Tampa Bay receivers. Godwin got his ACL, I think it was the yep. MCL tore out done, last night. Done for the year. And Gronkowski got a couple of shots at his knees later on in the game. And yet those plays there's no flag and yet godwin may never play again you never know you know les frazier got hurt in the super bowl on this ridiculous you know fake punt return and it was such an injury he never was able to regain his ability to to compete again and so i I mean he was a hell of a football oh he was a great corner great corner but all I can tell you is that is a rule that has to be looked at because, you know, the defensive back has the right to make a play on the ball. And if it's, you know, they, you know, have a glancing blow off their heads, their helmets collide a little bit, you could tell it wasn't, you know, a targeting uh, play. He was making a play on the ball, which is all you can ask. That was uh, our BBB Trusted re- uh, Review. It's brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. You'll find a business you can trust at bbb.org as we went back and looked at Well, this is one for the books, and as the naggy era winds down to a merciful close, this is a game we will remember for a lot of reasons. Obi, six trips inside the 30 with yep. zero points, six personal fouls called during the, the 60 minutes, there was a period in the second half where our defense gave up one first down the last 20 minutes of the game. I mean, there were so many parts of this game that standing back as we do and watch this game, you know, obviously looking for ways for the Bears to, to be successful, 
There were so many good parts of what was going on out there tonight, but the penalties, the mistakes, the turnovers, all the things undisciplined teams do on a regular basis. Now, think about this. Nine penalties for 91 yards. OB, Bill Parcells, who I think is one of the great coaches of all time, he had a a kind of a a mantra that he said, hey, any 10 yards of penalties, you might as well just – added up as minus one point. So if you had 80 yards in penalty, that's like you left eight points out there that you didn't actually score. And we had 91 uh, penalties tonight. In the Pittsburgh game, it was 113. So that's 11 points. Just, you know, if you do the math, you know, discipline and, and fundamentals, they matter. And this team, unfortunately, doesn't seem to have coaches that value that. Well, Dan, you, you absolutely nailed it. And, and the thing that, that I'll take away from this game tonight, one of the things is the demeanor of our head coach, Matt Nagy. Amateurish, selfish, self-righteous, thinking he's the, the, the wherewithal, that he is the coach of all coaches, and that he's going to dictate to the referees how they're going to make a call, what they're going to make a call, running out on the field, screaming at the refs, screaming at his players. I'll tell you what, that guy is, folks, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can find words to describe him, but I couldn't put it on the radio, okay? He should have respect for his own coaches and respect for the players, and during a game, respect for the referees. And what you did today out there, your actions, running up and down the field, going on the field, screaming at the referees, screaming at your players, just hogwash. Just hogwash. Bears tonight, just to recap, they scored nine points. They lost three fumbles. They They scored three points. They scored three points. They lost the ball. They turned the ball over on downs three times. They had 90-plus yards in penalties. They had a field goal blocked. And, yeah, that's if you go back in NFL history, it's, it's, it is hard to find that combination in Listen, any game. It's the same thing here this year. Mark, game after game. Go back to last year. Game after game. Go back to the year before, 2019. Game after game. You see the same? It's the same movie. It's the same picture. I do wonder if, if anything's coming this week. It just it, To me, it sort of feels like something's coming, but maybe not. We'll see. But bottom line is that we'll be here for three more games, and uh, we're going to have as fun of a time as we could possibly have and make it as entertaining as possible like we always do. Next week, it's the Seahawks with a 3.05 kickoff. So I'm not actually even sure what our hours are for next week, but we'll be here. And then a couple of noon kicks, normal eleven o'clock pregame. So, are we expected to be here at uh, two o'clock for the one hour pregame? We'll have to. We'll, we'll, well, well, let's go with the two to three. You want to do one two hour to three? pregame? Two to three. The game's at whatever. What is it? Three fifteen or whatever it is. So and then we go basically, you know, around five o'clock, six o'clock, six to six to eight. Curtis is double checking. He's double checking ours. Curtis, do you have our hours next week for us? Yeah, you guys are on next Sunday, the second. Pre-game, 11 to noon. That's Post the second. game 330 no, 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 to 530. No, no. Next week is De- the uh, 26th. December 26th. Give me a December 26th. That's our day we're December looking December 26th, uh, pre-game, 11 a.m. to noon. Post-game, 6 to 8. So 11 to noon, OB. And then we're going to hang out all day, me and you, buddy. 
Do I have to? I, I, I just <laughs> did you did you did you for, do I, forget do, about what he wait, said? Wait, did, did, no, did you hear? No, did you hear the pause? Can we just can we uh, can you can you can you clip that pause out, Curtis? Me and you were gonna hang out all day. Dead silence. <laughs> Dead silence. Oh, Come on, the, buddy. The, hey, the, the word should be what? <laughs> but <laughs> it really it legitimately last... sunk in. Like, oh my god, what are we going to do for three hours until the game? And I got to be with Carmen. That's brutal. But again, one last time. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Our quarterback rating for Justin Fields ninety six point six. We had twenty four first downs. We outplayed the Vikings. In all facets of the game, and we scored how many points, OB? Three. Nine. We scored nine. We scored three points. What? That last half a second. That doesn't count. I mean, that's, that's beyond laughable. It's in scored the three points. It's in the books, OB. Scored three points. Scored nine. Let's, let's have an argument on the way out here. And it's, all the guys that took the, uh, the, the the Vikings minus seven are really happy they they pulled that idiotic no kick at the end of the game. Yeah, I can't believe it. Everybody's got to find a way to make some dough in life.